Hey, this is Dave Pryor for Leading Agile Sound Notes. Before we start with the podcast today, I want to let you know about a very special certified Scrum Master training class we have coming up. This fall, I'm going to be speaking at the 2017 Digital PM Summit, which is taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada from October 15th through the 17th. The session that I'm leading there is about how to hack Agile to make it work better in a digital agency model. And right before the conference starts, we're going to be doing a special CSM class at the M Resort on October 14th and 15th. We've got special discounted pricing available for those who are attending the conference. Conference. And what I'm hoping is that we're going to have it full of digital project managers so we can cover all the CSM material, but really focus our attention on how to make Scrum and other Agile practices work better in a digital agency model. If you'd like to learn more about it, you can go to leadingagile.com training, or you can just click on the link that's provided with the show notes for this podcast. I hope to see you there. Thanks. We're going to give Daddy the Rain Man suite. Do you dig that? We're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas! Vegas. You think we get there by midnight? Money, we're going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, <laughs> Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Today, John Tanner is here. John is an SVP, an executive consultant at Leading Agile, and he's been doing some work around metrics. He, he did a talk, and there's a video of it up on the too. But the talk has gotten a really big response, and so we wanted to do an interview to kind of dig into it a little bit further. So before we get into the, the topic of metrics, could you give folks kind of a, a quick high level of your background and the work? Sure. Yeah. I'm so I came up through a development path mostly uh, as a software engineer for almost 20 years, but uh, worked across the industry in every capacity you could think of, from requirements management, project leadership, uh, director over a large agile organization, and finally landed myself here uh, with leading agile as an SVP, where I uh, help manage counts, coordinate our our work effort, and kind of define strategy for for how we're moving forward, not only with our individual customers but in the market overall. Uh, so it's been a very fun experience uh, and I'm enjoying every day of it. Cool. All right. Now let's get the metrics geek out of your head into the microphone. So John, so one of the things that happens when a company switches over to Agile is metrics go a little sideways. If they're trying to apply the old way of looking at stuff to this new way of working, it doesn't always fit. Um, can you comment on that and talk about how that led you towards this approach? Yeah, so what we see, um, not only across market, but even with, with consultants uh, within our firm, within other firms, when we're talking about metrics, there's, there's pretty much three distinct views I've found. Uh, the first view is um, we, do, we don't like metrics. Metrics aren't good. Um, we don't want to collect them because it's just additional work on top of what we're doing. The only real metric we need is that we're delivering quality product. And that's okay, it can be okay if you've got really well-functioning teams, they're completely encapsulated, there's no dependencies, you're not worried about getting paid, you don't care if the market leaves you behind or you go Which bankrupt, right? Which is super right? awesome. Yeah, yeah. Time. You are the perfect team and there's absolutely no problem making payroll and never will be. So you don't need metrics in that situation, so that's that's good. Um, others are like, uh, they're quite the opposite. They come from a traditional PMO and they're used to measuring absolutely everything. They wanna measure uh, everything from developer task hours, developer velocity, all the way up the quality chain, like every possible metric you could pull in in the organization. And what happens is you get an organization that is spending more time producing metrics than they are producing any sort of product at all. Um, well, and somewhere maybe in the those metrics are destroying Agile as well. If you've got like personal velocity tracking and things like that, it could destroy the Oh, absolutely. When you're collecting the wrong things, you start using those as measures. I mean, you've got metrics, so you want to use them. 
uh, if you're collecting the wrong stuff, it starts to highlight the wrong problems. And you start using it more punitive uh, rather than actually focusing on whatever your goals are. Uh, yeah. And we see that a lot in organizations, especially ones that are new to Agile. They think, well, all we have to do is have velocity. So let's make sure all the teams have a good, stable, high velocity. And let's start punishing the teams that don't. Well, I was going to say, because then we have to make sure they're all, you know, better than the other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. His number is higher than my number. Go make your number better. Right. So that's, yeah. that's a problem when you're, when you're collecting metrics for the sake of metrics, um, you're doing something wrong. And honestly, it is just a tax on the system. When you're adding 20% to the team, 20% to their managers, 20% at your program portfolio levels, all the way up to executives, 20% of your time is spent collecting metrics. That's really expensive. And you're not answering any question other than we've got metrics, right? So you've got the, the way too light, we don't want to collect anything. And you've got the way too heavy, we want to collect everything. Uh, and then what, what we find is that where most people are starting to land is, okay, we understand we need some metrics. We just have no idea what metrics there are. Where do we collect them? Why do we collect them? Like what goals are we trying to solve here? And that, that's where the GQM approach comes in. So uh, we didn't invent GQM. It's been around for a very long time in software development, um, but it hasn't been applied to Agile extremely effectively, in my opinion. Some people do it really well, but as an industry, we haven't embraced it in the way we should. So that's, that's why I'm trying to raise awareness, not only for our approach on it, but, but that the approach is out there in general, and it falls right in line with what we do. Okay. So what is it and how does it work? It's really simple. Uh, so, you know, GQM stands for goal, question, metric. And the way we describe it is um, there, there's about six steps to it. The first is you want to identify what the right goal is for a team or a system. At your delivery team level, you're going to have a different goal than you will at your portfolio financial level, right? So when we look at the delivery tier, uh, their goal might be teams can plan, coordinate, they can deliver predictably, right? Some of the questions we want behind that is, um, does the team deliver what they're committing to, right? And you can track that with specific metrics, uh, story completion uh, ratio, uh, point completion ratio, right? Did we actually get the stuff done uh, that we went into the sprint uh, by the end of it or reproducing what we wanted to? Um, have they established a stable velocity, velocity variance? That's one everybody latches onto and thinks that's the only only thing you need for your team. Well, can you can I ask you a question about this part before you mm -hmm. go on? Sorry yeah, to interrupt your train go. of thought, but um, when I was researching it, one of the things that I got stuck on was at the question level, which is the second level of this, or operation. Um, and you just kind of touched on it. How does an organization that's trying to start doing this know if they're asking the right questions or asking them in the right way? Because Velocity is an important metric that can become poison really fast if you're looking at through. Yeah, so GQM kind of goes both directions. You should set your goal, right? My goal is to have a predictable delivery. It's not about team velocity. It's not about the amount of work they're getting through. It's about predictable, right? For me, okay. that's what velocity is. So I'm not, I'm not measuring total velocity. I'm measuring velocity variance. Is the team predictable? Are we staying within a 20% band? Are they delivering the same amount of stuff, right? So if I get to the end and I look at velocity variance and say, well, I'm not sure why I'm measuring that. I go back to my question. It says, well, you know, are we delivering things predictably, which goes up to my goal. My real goal is- So predictability is, is the goal. That's what I was going to ask you. That's the goal. Exactly right. Here. Yes. So my overall goal is to have a stable, predictable delivery team. Okay. The metrics I measure there are purely about uh, what's getting in their way. Uh, are they stable? So are they committed? Are we getting the hours out of them that we expect to? Or are they being pulled off to other projects, right? Are they hitting their sprint commitments in total? Are they getting their stories done? Nowhere in there am I looking for quality. Am I looking for cost or anything like that? Because that's a separate goal. And this is where people get really confused. All right. When you look at a delivery team, 
for the team itself, I want to think of it in two terms. I want to think of it as, is the team healthy? So I've got a goal to make sure they're predictable, stable, and reliable. That's a good indicator of team health. Another completely separate goal for my organization is that I'm delivering a quality product from a technical standpoint. So that's going to have a completely different set of questions you ask and a completely different set of metrics that go along with it. When we try okay. to mash it all together and come up with some master Bible of just metrics, and that's the way yeah. we look at it, we don't have specific goals, we just start having to collect everything. Because if you're thinking, is the team stable and predictable and delivering quality and going to market on time and yeah. being their financial <laughs> goals and reducing you know, overhead, and you know, it just gets too much. You have to untangle it. And how do you keep them from getting to be, um, I'm assuming you want to keep these questions very binary. They're like quantifiable, yes or no. There's no doubt mm -hmm. about it. It's not like, are we going fast enough? How It seems, you, you just said mashing them together. I, to me, it seems sort of like the user story thing with unpacking them. Like people would just naturally have these together. How do you teach them to take them apart? So every question should have a single metric sometimes two metrics, okay. but a single metric that can answer it. There's okay. one that's really nebulous out there. You talk with the product group that you're just getting going, product organization that's making this transformation. And you say, one of the goals is to have products that delight our customers. And they'll throw their hands up and say, how can you possibly measure that it delights our customers? So I look at it well, and I go, dance, well. they dance, don't they? <laughs> they dance, they're happy. Yeah, they're, they're holding hands <laughs> and singing Kumbaya. No, but you have a real metric out there, net promoter score, right? That ties directly okay. to the question does this product delight my customer? So if my net promoter score is high, I've got people saying, yeah, I love this product. I'm going to recommend it to others. That's a sign of delight, right? So okay. it's, about, it's about making sure each one of those questions can be quantifiably answered, uh, that it's not nebulous and it's not subjective. And I guarantee you, everything important in your organization can be measured in a quantifiable way. It's about defining the question you're trying to actually answer. All right, cool. Thank you. So, all right, so you've got these questions. We, we start out with the goal, then we come up with a bunch of questions that help us examine the goal. And then what's the next step? Yeah, so at that point, we need to look at the organization and figure out, well, so we, we understand our goals, we got our questions, we know what metrics, um, how are we actually going to collect the data behind this, right? A lot of organizations get hung up here before they do anything. It's, it's a weird sort of tooling analysis paralysis. They say, well, we can't, we can't possibly measure throughput until we have version one or JIRA in place. Uh, we won't know how long it's taken to get a feature done. And I, I look at them like they're crazy because, you know, for a long time we did this on cardboard on walls and we were pretty good yeah. at, at measuring this stuff, right? So yep. you need to find ways in your organization now that you can start capturing the data to answer these questions. The questions are there. They're not waiting for a tool. They're just waiting for an answer. So you do a bit of analysis on how are we going to track team stability when we're not when we're not actually tying work to their you know to their timesheet or whatever we don't know if they're spending 100% on the sprint you got to okay. look at how their work is flowing you got to look at the physical ways you can collect this or if you have tools in place how you get it out of the tools ultimately um, you know collecting the data and analyzing the data is your goal uh, well it, let me let me rephrase that for you Dave ultimately uh, collecting the data is the product uh, of this exercise you want your goal to drive questions, your questions to yeah. drive metrics, the data to drive improvement. The entire point here is to drive improvement. We don't want to use this as a punitive measure and we don't want to use this as um, just another data collection exercise. At the end, the output we find, uh, whether our team has a stable velocity tells us where we need to focus on team health. If it's our product technical quality metrics that are low, we need to focus on that. 
So we take this as kind of our fifth step, um, look at that data, figure out, are we answering the questions and the goals that we've set out? And if we aren't, is there, is there a better way for us to collect the data? If we are answering the questions uh, and the goals and we're still not seeing improvement, how can we adjust our goals and our questions to better align with where our organization wants to be? It's a complete continuous improvement cycle here. Well, would that um, be changing the changing the, the thing the way you're working? It could be either. Now, generally okay. speaking, if you're asking the right questions and you're getting the wrong answers, then it's probably something you're doing uh, at your work. If you're getting answers that make sense, but the questions really aren't driving your goal, it's time to reevaluate whether you've got the right goal or if you're asking the right question. So th this is a big deal. I mean, it could be like employment, depending on how you're asking the question, things could be good or horrible. Or you might just ask a different question and make them seem good. Yeah, so let's put it this way. When you, when you ask, uh, is that team healthy or are they a healthy team? A lot of people will respond, I don't know, they've got a huge technical debt backlog, they don't have automation in place. It's not the question I asked. That's not about yeah. a healthy team. That, that, that could be anything to do with the environment, could be with legacy architecture, right? So when we're looking at team health, I wanna know, are they working a standard 40 hour week? Are they working 80 hours? Are they able to deliver their product on time? Or are they being starved on a backlog, right? I wanna look at the health of the team, not the health of the product. So by asking the right questions in time for the right goals, healthy team versus healthy product, then we start to look at the data right and we can improve in the right areas. I just want to pause on that for a second with the, the healthy team thing and the idea of working over 80 hours because it just, what popped into my head when you said that was, I have seen teams that are working, you know, way beyond what a, a healthy capacity is. They're in a fear-driven organization. Mm -hmm. And I have seen teams do it for what I would consider to be a very healthy, conscious choice that they've made at a given point in time to really put that extra time in because they're trying to achieve something that they want to do and that they um, how do you, is there a way to make sure that the, the data that you're getting back is actually going to tell you something useful that you can take action on? I mean, like, like velocity could be lots of reasons why it's sideways. Mm -hmm. How do you analyze that? Well, and that's, that's the thing a lot of people don't understand about metrics. The metrics in and of themselves are not the answer. They're just more data points for you to dig into the problem. If I see a team that has you know, a very stable velocity and all of a sudden it spikes up, right? So they're doing the crash yeah. thing you said, it spikes up, they're doing double. I need to investigate whether it's because they committed and decided they wanted to work extra, they were gonna throw in some extra time because they were passionate about it, or it's because the manager's pressing them to work extra. Either way, it's not a sustainable pace. So that data point tells me, let's go do some root cause analysis. All of these okay. metrics give us the starting point for root cause. They don't give us the answer at all. Um, and that's, you see, that's that's where we get into punitive, right? If somebody is so distanced from the source or even the goal of why we're collecting these, say you've got an executive that they can't even spell agile, much less understand what the teams are doing at a delivery level. If they yeah. see that velocities, if they see a chart that shows numbers, it could say velocity, it could say anything. If they see a chart that shows numbers and all of a sudden one month those numbers are off, they're way down, that yeah. executive is going to go, we need to fix that, go work on that team, right? And that sets a punitive tone to it. If we get ahead of it and understand what the goal of measuring those are, and we actually have the right questions in front of us, why are we why are we measuring velocity? Because we want predictability and stability. That gives the executive a different view on it. Why is my delivery system not predictable? Let's look at the root cause here. So me personally, okay. even in your example, when you have a team passionate and they want to crash on something, yeah. as an executive in a company, I don't really want them doing that because it destroys my predictability.
Uh, it, yeah, it means but that, you also don't want to be telling them, no, you can't work. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I kind of I mean, do. We could, we could go kinda... around and around and around about this one. <laughs> <laughs> we could, but see, that's this discussion you and I are having would be the reason we collect that data. If we don't have yeah. it, if we never look at it, then we can't have the positive conversation about it. You might have the view that they're really, you're their manager. You're like, I work with them every day. We're extremely passionate. We're going to go on this. I might feel as the executive, well, are you sure about that? Because it seems to me whether they're passionate about it or not, they can't sustain the pace. And I want a predictable system here. So that's the conversation. That's how data drives the conversation. So we I want to point out one other dimension of wrongness it. here. If we were actually mm -hmm. having this debate, neither one of us is actually on the team. So exactly. I would, I mean, we would want to engage. I think this, it's easy to get into the, like sit in the star chamber and look at the symptoms and use them as metrics. Mm -hmm. Thing, but if you don't go talk to the actual people that are doing it, that's that's unsound as well, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it is, it is, and it's kind of it's kind of misleading because I honestly don't want my executive looking at velocity. They have their own set of metrics that they need to look at, right? <laughs> you want to hide them, collect them, <laughs> and hide them. <laughs> not even collect and hide. It's just it's not part of their goal, right? So at the portfolio okay. level, what I'm really looking at as an executive, what I care about is that I'm meeting you know, my strategic financial obligations and goals to market to my internal company that I've got. I've got financial goals uh, such as you know, I, wanna, I wanna raise my revenue. Uh, you know? I've also got financial goals that I wanna meet my spending targets. I wanna spend as much as I said I would. That's the yeah. stuff I care about. Now the information downstream does roll up into it. You know, my team velocity translates at some point to the fully loaded cost of that team and what value they're producing. But as far as like points and things like that, executives. I mean, some care to the extent that they're interested, but it really doesn't help them answer their own goals and questions. But so that's that's the thing that I wanted to ask you about next, which is a little bit off topic. I mean, the, the reason, just for the folks that are listening, the reason we're doing this interview is because we watch the video or, or go see John give this presentation. But John, the thing I want to ask you about is for an executive, um, the metrics are very seductive. And even if they don't answer the question that the executive is supposed to, all that data makes you feel like, you know, you have a lot of data. <laughs> I got a lot of numbers here. What do you want to mm -hmm. know? So it makes yeah. it creates this illusion of understanding. How do you um, coach somebody down off that ledge? So I think it's about helping them understand that that chasing the wrong data, and, and most people understand this, uh, chasing the wrong data will lead you to the wrong conclusion. If you, As you said, if, you, if you're so far outside of it, you don't have context to what that data yeah. is, you're going to be led to the wrong conclusions. You're going to have the wrong conversations. It's really about getting ahead of it, speaking with every tier in the organization, every group, and figuring out what our goals are. Generally, I start with, with common goals here, team health, uh, team technical health product health, uh, product technical health, portfolio health, portfolio financial health. Uh, then we go into things like release quality. Uh, we might have other stuff if we've got more automation. We might have you know, specific things. Each of those areas I talked about would have an independent goal from each other. That's why I separate okay. team health from team technical health and product health from product technical health, right? Product technical quality. I yeah. want to have very distinct goals that have a very small set of questions we're trying to answer so that the target audiences for those have very understandable, human, readable, uh, you know, readouts for this stuff. And we don't have 
an overabundance of thousands of metrics where, you know, some CFO somewhere is, you know, printing out spreadsheets and rolling around on them in bed at night, right? I don't I don't want yeah. somebody having just a numbers game here. I really want everything to be In their sexy pajamas rolling around. I know. Metrics. I know. And their monopoly, <laughs> their monopoly guy pajamas. Yeah. No, it's just, so there are people in an organization, especially traditional PMO, you had people, their entire job was to collect metrics and they collected all the metrics and they were the gatekeeper yeah. for the metrics. You know, and Agile, the way we approach this with GQM is at each of these different levels, delivery tier, um, program tier, portfolio tier, executive strategy group, technical, uh, you know, technical groups, each of those groups have their own goals and they're collecting the metrics uh, to show whether they're hitting those goals. It's their responsibility to be the gatekeeper for their numbers. It's not yeah. something that the outside is using to punish or adjust on necessarily. It's for them to optimize their own work. It's for them to optimize the overall system. And it does okay. roll up. Some of these metrics roll up, but but not necessarily in the way you think. When when I'm looking at financials, I'm looking at loaded cost and value delivered. Somewhere down the line, it ties to, to points. And if we do some you know root cause analysis, we might go to all the way down the chain if we're finding a problem. But ultimately, I just need to look at the numbers that matter to me at whatever level I'm at. Okay. So uh, let's see if we can switch gears a little bit. So for the coaches that are listening, um, I think one thing that's important, if you can comment on it, I mean, GQM is a lot deeper than what we're talking about right now. Um, and and that's something further if they're really into this, right? It is. So this is not a new concept. It's something that goes back a long time. And it's been used in software for a long time. Applying it to software development is really easy. Applying it to anything, quite honestly. You can do GQM uh, in any industry. But applying it to Agile is particularly easy because we do have very clear metrics that we can use at all these different levels. Um, okay. Now, granted, there's, there is a list of hundreds and hundreds of metrics that just don't necessarily apply everywhere. Yeah. But if you're asking the right questions, uh, in Agile, it's easy because we have these discrete pieces, right? We have, a, we have an encapsulated delivery team that they're, they're doing delivery stuff. And then we have you know, a product tier that's encapsulated to an extent, and they're working on specific product, right? In traditional organization, everybody kind of crosses lines and blurs everywhere, and it's hard to actually get solid numbers around what you're producing. In Agile, it becomes really easy to set these goals. So once the goals are well, set, so the questions fall out of it. So this is this is this was a perfect segue into the next part of my question for the coaches that are listening. If they sit down with customers, um, how help them figure out what the goals actually are? It's it really is uh, speaking with them a little bit, but going in armed with some knowledge. We know, I mean, we know the purpose of a portfolio. It's it's there's some financial responsibility, right? They're supposed to be meeting a market need and they're supposed to be returning something to the organization. We know that the program tier or the product tier, they're there to actually define and build and deliver quality products. And at the delivery okay. tier, they're there to do the, the technical stuff. So the goals for those are pretty easy to shake out. And, uh, you know, shameless plug, if you, if you go onto the Leading Agile website uh, to the link where I did this presentation, I've got good examples out there to get people started. But the whole thing is, is having the conversation and saying, what is important to you? What is important to you at your level in the organization? Uh, is it predictability or do you really want speed? You know, that sort of thing. So you set your goals around what, what the business needs. Um, it's yeah. an easy, open conversation to have. It's a lot easier than the traditional way of banging your head against a spreadsheet. Thank you. All right. So, yeah, and you mentioned the video because that's I'm going to include a link to the video and a link to the slide deck as well. Um, what if folks want to get in touch with you to ask you some more questions about this? Yeah, so they can reach me at uh, john.tanner at leadingagile.com, which I'm sure you'll uh, provide a link to that. I will. Uh, I'm, 
I am also on LinkedIn, uh, TannerJS. We can have that link out there. Uh, and then I'm also available on Facebook, so we can share that when people can connect with me there. Cool. All right. And so for those of you who are familiar with, with this, and if you're already kind of metrics, I'm also going to include a link to um, the book Aligning Organizations Through Measurements, which is by the guys that came up with this, it's, uh, GQM Plus Strategies. Um, so if you're curious, you can check that out as well. Um, John, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate the time.